This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, so recently I decided to do a thing. After nearly three years and two and a half million downloads, I changed the name of the show from Journey to Manifesting to the Sarah Prout Podcast. Everything is still the same, just with a different name, so I hope you enjoy. This is episode number 14 with Joanna DeVoe. Welcome to your journey to manifesting. My name is Sarah Prout, best-selling author and creator of The Manifesting Academy. Each week, I'll bring you an inspirational message or share powerful conversations with thought leaders, game changers, and light workers. The intention here is to motivate you to create the life of your wildest dreams. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Now let the journey to manifesting begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode where I have yet another incredible guest to share with you. Her name is Joanna DeVoe, and she's the kooky creatrix behind all things Kick-Ass Witch. She's the author of two ebooks, and she also hosts an incredible weekly podcast called Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. It's all about where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. So as you could imagine, Joanna and I have so much to talk about. And in this episode today, we dive into some really great and powerful themes and topics, everything to do with understanding how you can connect with people at a deeper level. I personally love Joanna and I love the way that she shows up in the world to teach people about how they can create more magic with a K in every area of their lives. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the beautiful, to the extraordinary, Joanna DeVoe. Welcome, Joanna DeVoe, to the Journey to Manifesting podcast. It is so incredibly wonderful to have you here with me today. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Sarah Prout listeners, Mag <laughs> magical manifestors. I'm so happy to be here. Well, you just mentioned the magic word, which is manifesting. So today we're going to be diving into that at a deeper level and getting to know you a little bit better. So let's start with the first question that I ask every single one of the people that I interview, and that is, you've been given three invitations to a dinner party. So you can invite anybody, dead or alive, from history. Who would they be that would join you for this party and why? Okay, I'll just say the first three that come to mind. Mm -hmm. for, sh for sure, my tea party grandma, who passed away when I was in fifth grade, I think. Definitely one of the most magical people I've ever known, and I would love to hang out with her as an adult and Oprah Winfrey, Queen O, because uh, I just love her. And I have a thing for Jack White. I joke that he is my rock god, but he's really like an icon for me of what a kick-ass business person is like. Like he's an amazing entrepreneur, really, if you look at his career, and I would love to pick his brain. So those three. 
Wow, that would be a really fun party, I think. <laughs> there would there would be guitar, I think. Lots of good conversation. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. one of the themes you would talk about is magic. So would you like to share with us how you first stumbled upon magic or how the law of attraction found you? I don't remember the exact moment that law of attraction found me. It might have been it it might have been Oprah's fault now that I think about it because I was really into must see TV and she introduced me to this, you know, back in the day to so many authors that I love now. But I definitely went down that Hay House track and somehow Law of Attraction made an impression on me. But what happened that what really got me thinking about magic was a flirtation I had with something called Nichiren Buddhism. Mm. <laughs> and and I had a very surface understanding of it, which I think actually served me. I think beginner's mind is really powerful and naivete because you can just throw yourself into it before all of the rules, you know, leak into your brain. Mm. And basically, in a nutshell, the surface version of what it is, is you focus on something you want to manifest, and you chant Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, which is a really cool chant that you can get into a rhythm with, I would get it like way down into my chest. And I, I was a writer, forever, my entire life. Like when I was a little kid, if somebody needed silly little lyrics for something or wanted me to write a poem, I was the go-to person for that. And I decided I want to make money writing songs because I had all of these songs inside of me. And uh, I didn't know where to begin because I don't play an instrument. And enter Jack White. Hello, Jack. Let's hook up. Um, I don't play an I don't play an instrument. I didn't really like. I just was like, I want to do this. I want to make a lot of money being a songwriter. So I was chanting around that. I definitely believe in meeting the universe halfway. Mm. So I started going on Craigslist. I don't know if that's still a thing, but back in the day it was. And I found somebody who was looking for a songwriter for a hundred dollars an hour. And I sent them samples of my work and they were like, you're amazing. Oh, my gosh. We've, <laughs> we've seen so many people and like nothing worked. Like you're incredible. You're hired. So I got to do that. I worked with them for a long time. They put me up in a beautiful beach house uh, in Carpinteria right on the ocean. And that sealed it for me. Like, OK, this is magic. I don't know what just happened, but I need to learn about this and do this more often and figure this out. And so that was really the moment where I got interested in beyond law of attraction. Like, what is magic? I happen to think law of attraction is magic. Mm -hmm. That is that's my brand of magic. I don't practice Wicca or traditional witchcraft. I I think that's magic. That's what I mean when I say magic. Mm. I, I mean, you and I have had this conversation before on your podcast, which is incredible, by the way. Thank um, you. And I'll link to that as well in the show notes. But we, we had that discussion about the diversion between people's perception of the law of attraction and then witchcraft and then how those two kind of play together and how there is an unfortunate connotation with witchcraft and magic, which is totally unnecessary. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and how we can help to guide people's levels of awareness to be not perhaps so judgmental? I just think it's fear. Mm. And I, I think when, I mean, I think it's fear of, 
It depends on how you were raised. If you were raised like me, I was raised Mennonite brethren, very, very Christian. Um, so there could be fear of going to hell or fear of your fear that you're doing something wrong. Um, but more than that, I think it's a fear of our own power. Mm. And it doesn't really matter what you call it. I think it's more friendly for a lot of people to call it the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to just say magic or law of attraction. I kind of use them interchangeably. I don't typically say I'm doing witchcraft because I know <laughs> even just saying it, I feel something inside. I feel like, ooh, ooh, it's so charged, right? Yeah, There's such yeah. people died. Uh, not not even people that practiced witchcraft, people that were accused. They were usually Christians. Mm-hmm. God-fearing Christians were hung and burned at the stake, as everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't know that they were mostly Christians <laughs> uh, that, that, that were accused of being witches because of a variety of reasons. It was a beautiful young woman that somebody thought was, you know, having an affair with their husband. The one that the one that always breaks my heart is, you know, an old woman who may have had a prime piece of property and they wanted her property uh, because what happened, at least in Salem, I know (laughs) the people in charge of the witch trials, they would acquire all of the wealth and land of the people they accused of being witches. So it was very profitable for them. Mm -hmm. But regardless, we have this huge history that I think. Not only, I think it's ancestral. I think it's in our bones to fear that word as it probably should be because it was scary. If somebody called you a witch, you were probably going to die and it probably was going to be long and drawn out and uncomfortable, very painful and scary. So I understand. But at the same time, I want to educate people about what magic is because we are all magical and I don't want people to be afraid of their power. I want them to embrace it. I I love that so much because it is it has so many different masks that show up in ways that people tend to lean into that fear so unnecessarily. For me, it's uh, using the word universe and I get people saying, well, that's not God. And and then their, their religious upbringing comes forward. And it's about reminding them that we're all part of this beautiful fabric of oneness and that, that, you know, fear creates that separation. Whereas, you know, embracing that love creates that, that sense of unity so uh, I, I just love, I could talk about this for hours and hours. Yes. I love it so much. <laughs> I think Jesus was a magic man too. I think people that, my mom is an amazing power prayer. Like mm-hmm. this woman, she's so, because she has so much faith and um, she's quite magical in my opinion. Mm-hmm. She would not love me saying that, but I think what Christians call miracles, mm. people in the new age community call magic or the law of attraction. Yeah, and it's really interesting for me at the moment because I'm studying to become a certified essential oils coach because I love the plant magic, this this ancient wisdom. You know, you open up a bottle of frankincense and it takes you back to ancient times. And I thought to myself the other day, gee, I wonder if I had this keen interest in, you know, blending up potions and stuff like that 300 years ago. What what would people have thought of me then, you know, because I can see that there is this trend leading leading back to more natural medicines and plant-based solutions for health problems. So it's it's a really interesting time to be alive. Yes, it is. Yes. I think we're in the time of everything. Like Mm. er, everything is here at the same time and it's all so much um, 
dark, light, up, down, left, right. It's just everything all at once. Everything is possible. Not that it wasn't always, but we just seem to be at a at a heightened moment of it, some kind of peak of, of all the things. Does that make sense? It does. Well, for, uh, just from my vantage point and perspective, I feel like there's this feminine uprising happening that we're perhaps returning to a matriarchal society uh, with women finding their voices and, and coming forward with stories and how do I, how do I suggest this delicately? <laughs> that it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to look at this from like the unified paradigm and not demonizing men, but more of an equality. I feel like with the, the feminine energy that's um, having a platform manifest. I'm seeing them rise up all over the place. And I'm just wondering whether that's because it's in my awareness or because it is happening on a more global scale. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's both. Mm. I think I think the hippies really ushered in the beginning of that awareness. And then many of us were raised in it. I know you have a very magical mother, for example. Yeah. And so it's like, Many, many, many people are aware of it and many people are focused on that. And so I think that actually helps usher that in. Mm -hmm. And uh, women, we all have feminine and masculine within us for sure. Mm -hmm. But women typically embody a different kind of energy that I think has taken literally our planet out of whack. You and I were talking about the fires before this happened that Southern California is experiencing. And a lot of us believe that's a product of global warming. And I think so having a balance of men and women in politics, for example, might get the, <laughs> might get the focus going in a direction that's a little more balanced and, uh, a lot more balanced, actually. <laughs> and so it's interesting that when it like comes up, sometimes it comes up with a lot of anger and rage, a lot of shadow stuff comes up with it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's very frightening. But then there's really beautiful light things like I just saw the trailer for uh, oh Lord, Ocean's Eight. Ocean's Eight. It's like a all-female cast. And when I first heard about it, I was like, "Oh, how gimmicky!" I'm, I'm gonna, how gimmicky and cute. And then I watched the trailer with all of these powerful women, and I like got a little teary-eyed. I'm like, I can't wait to see it. So <laughs> that's how I felt about Ghostbusters, the latest one. <laughs> oh yes, right. Yeah. So we're seeing more. We're seeing more of that. So yeah. it's it's the dark and the light. It's all coming up at once. It's playing together that destruction before the creation, which I absolutely love the the idea of. <laughs> yes, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about manifesting from the feminine perspective versus the ma the masculine perspective. How have you seen that difference appear in your own reality? I think this I'm probably a product of a lot of programming like growing up in a patriarchal society, because I think I'm a very feminine, girly person mm -hmm. in in the way I dress and, and the way I act and present myself. But I think I'm quite masculine in terms of the way I think and plan and do things and go after things. So mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's value in both. I feel... Geez, I, I, I don't want to get too complicated. I feel that there is different there are different components to magic. One of them is projecting, projecting your will onto something, setting an intention, for example, taking action to meet the universe halfway. And one is receptive. One is 
making sure you're open to receiving it. Once you ask for it, I think a lot of people get hung up on, well, why didn't this work? And it's like, well, are you open to receiving it? Are you pushing and pushing and demanding and demanding and demanding and never <laughs> and never allowing? And I feel like the feminine in men and women is about being receptive, being open, allowing, stuff like that. Oh, I absolutely love it. I, the one thing that with, with my students, and, and I've worked with thousands of people to teach them about manifesting, the thing that I find continuously the most fascinating thing is people wanting to manifest something for somebody else. And so really that, that border of free will, especially when it comes to wanting to manifest a specific person. Yes. So it, it does get into that kind of territory of, oh, you know, perhaps you shouldn't be so obsessive because you're creating resistance around that. And then ultimately you can't manifest that into your reality. <laughs> yes. Resistance, resistance. That is a powerful word. That is one of the main things I think that stands in the way of people manifesting their heart's desires. And it shows up in so many tricky ways. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. this is this is why I'm a fan of shadow work because I believe shadow work is the work of light workers Mm -hmm. and that we in shining a light in our shadow we are illuminating our subconscious the unconscious the parts of us that we can't usually see but that leaves little clues here and there like why do I have so much resistance around this you know like what am I doing to block what I say I want and uh, so for me that's the the idea of the shadow and doing shadow work goes hand in hand with the manifestation process. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I really love that it's not this, you know, rainbow sprinkles, Pollyanna perspective, the fact that we we do have to dive in and do this deep spiritual work and we have to show up in some of the parts that are kind of unclaimed and, you know, like let the monsters out that live in the basement. <laughs> yes. You know what? I have to compliment you too. I you I don't know what originally got my attention with you, but you blew me away with your business model. I just thought like, whoa, it's so, it's so beautiful. First of all, it's so, it's so pretty. Um, But then in getting to know you a little bit behind the scenes, interviewing you, we've emailed a little bit back and forth and just watching, like if I go check on your Instagram account or your Facebook, I think you have really maybe we never fully master, but to some degree, you've really mastered that idea of feminine manifestation, manifesting from that point, because you walk your talk, because you you actually are living out the principles that you teach. And that's so attractive. Like we want to be like, oh, and, and what you love, what you love, I love. It's your family. When I look through like your social media, it's like this woman is so in love with her family like what is not to like about that you know and it's just it's just fantastic well thank you I, I really appreciate that <laughs> and and to um to give you the the other perspective of that as well I'd love to have an Instagram account of the things that people don't see as well you know like yeah. <laughs> we, we curate these you know perfect family shots or you know celebrating gratitude for the moment whatever it is but what about the times where we're just losing our shit you know the t- <laughs> 
knows where the kid's not doing as he's told or, you know, it's definitely like sometimes I catch myself and I go, okay, Sarah, you teach people about the law of attraction and spirituality and you're behaving like this right now, you know, like those moments where it's like, okay, shadow work. I'm teaching people what I ultimately need to learn and master myself. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. But that, but that's how you're leading by example. You're walking your talk, you know, you're being like, I'm being a total jerk today. Why is that? You know, and yeah. then you do, and then you do the work and, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm thrilled to talk to you today. I know me too. The feeling's more than mutual. It's a, uh, I just, I love talking about the magical elements of life though, because there is so much magic and the way that we can activate that in our lives is, you know, there are so many different possibilities and opportunities. So my next question, I'd love to know about some of your daily rituals, how you show up spiritually. Long pause. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I do something I call witching on the go mm-hmm. oh, no. uh, because I'm a busy witch. And so I do. Are you familiar with a mudra? What, what a mudra yes. is? Okay, so a mudra, for those who don't know, is a hand gesture. I was just talking about this on my podcast. I talk about this a lot. Um, I tend to repeat myself a lot because when something works, it's a go-to. You know, it works. So I keep doing it over and over and over again. Um, but basically, I make what looks like an okay symbol with my hands. And I, I press my pointer finger and my thumb together. And I have programmed this into my system to be a kind of switch that I turn on to get into a magical mindset, which I think is just to shut off the monkey mind Mm -hmm. and to get really present. And so I use that uh, all day long on the go. So I am being spiritual all day long because I'm (laughs) constantly, I'm a big prey. I pray a lot, um, which is a holdover for my childhood. But again, if it works and if it makes me feel tuned in and tapped in, uh, tapped in and what is it? Tuned in, tapped in and turned on. If it makes me feel, (laughs) if it makes me feel that, like I'm not, there's no reason for me to get rid of it or replace it. Um, but the mudra really helps me with getting a parking spot when I'm in a hurry and I need a good parking spot. Uh, it seems to always come up when I'm running late for something, you know, and I need like, how, (laughs) how can I get there in five minutes? Stuff like that. But then I also, uh, I, I read, I take a tarot card every single morning. Sometimes I do bigger tarot spreads, but I at least start my day that way. And I always ask something along the lines of what do I need to know today? to have the most joyful day, to be successful, whatever it is, I, I, I give it kind of a positive spin and I'm looking for something that helps me out. Mm-hmm. So if I get a card that typically people might think is scary, I'm looking at it from that perspective, you know, like, oh, okay, so something needs to die in order for me to, <laughs> to me to have a great day. If I get the death card and I think, well, what is it? Maybe I just need to knock something off my to-do list to make space for this other thing. Mm-hmm. So... That's something I do. One of my favorite things that I can't stop doing. I cannot stop. I started mm, maybe two months ago, just guessing. But I get these white prayer candles that are blank. And I have a gold Sharpie. And I I write, this is so simple. But it's really transformed my life. I write thank you and a little heart because I'm girly like that. I write thank you on the candle 
and I light it at the very beginning of the day when I like wander into my uh, kitchen to make my first morning brew or whatever. I light the candle. It's in like a little kitchen altar area. And then at the end of the day, I snuff it out. And something about that ritual to begin and end my day in gratitude is so powerful. And sometimes it's just thank you. Sometimes I don't even get into my head about what I'm grateful for because I'm tired and it's the end of the day. But there's something so lovely about saying thank you. And I just feel a connection to my higher self, to my guides, whatever may be on my side. Wow, I love that. And because I do believe that the the core essence of most rituals is getting to that space of thank you. Thank you for whatever shows up, you know, no matter whether it's <laughs> yes, know, bad, good, ugly, whatever it is, but just being able to say thank you, thank you, thank you, because that what appreciates, appreciates. Mm-hmm. So, um, I love that. That's a great idea. So you mentioned an altar. Do you have one specific altar that you have in your home? I have a couple. I have a few. My nightstand actually sort of just is an altar because I end up keeping my crystals and my cards there. And I have I have a statue of Athena who I, I love. I, I see her as the queen of swords. And uh, that's just a guide that I work with. Mm. But also in my kitchen, I have the herbal tarot and I have my little thank you card. I have a little statue of Caradwin. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I have I have some altars. They change they change according to my mood and how I'm feeling. They're not they're not Instagram like altars. You know, you look at you, you look at these people and they have like the most detailed like crystal grids and all this stuff. I, I more just make it up how I go along. Like I found a piece of driftwood on my walk and it made me feel you know, life is beautiful. I got that feeling from it. So I took the driftwood home and I put it on my altar. Oh, I love those sacred reminders. And I miss driftwood. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you do, right? You're in the desert. (laughs) (laughs) There's a different energy here than there is by the ocean. So sometimes I find myself craving to be you know, standing near those waves. And in fact, I had tidal wave dreams last night. So I should probably Ooh. make my way to an ocean very soon. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I could ask you all about that, but I'll refrain. <laughs> no, 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 please, please do. Well, That's was it a scary, one. was it a scary dream? How did you feel in the dream? Well, it, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to my therapist now. <laughs> no, I, I have, I've had these since I was a little girl, these tidal wave dreams that I feel are tied to me emotionally. So when I'm coming up to an emotional time, I feel like I have them. And sometimes they're off in the distance and I have to run to higher ground. And then other times the waves just crash over me and I kind of have to hold my breath and think, well, this is it, you know, I'm on my way out. So yeah, it's interesting. (laughs) The symbol of that is so potent. I, I too associate water with the emotional realm so yeah that's that's what it feels like to me when you talk about it oh it's such a I love dreams and I've been having even more intense dreams lately and I'm not sure why sometimes it feels like it's cyclic that I'll go months and months and not have anything particularly significant and then I'll go through this phase where I'll wake up in the morning and tell my husband what my dream was about he's like you gotta write these down these are movie scripts yeah Yes, yes. I used to have a lot of dreams about saving people from like burning buildings or snipers and things like that. I haven't, knock on wood, I haven't had one in quite a while, but I have themes, like themes that repeat like that. Have you ever had a dream that you were somebody else completely? 
Not that not that comes to mind. I do. I am interested in the theory that every single character in your dream is you. And yeah. I've I've dreamt about being different versions of myself. Like I think I was born an old woman, and now I'm just growing into myself. So I've had quite a few old lady dreams. <laughs> I had a dream once that I was in a carriage wearing Victorian clothes and the carriage went off the side of a cliff and I remember the horses landing in the water and then the water filling my lungs and then not being able to breathe. And oh. I just, I woke up and I thought, oh, that was really weird. <laughs> oh, see, now you're reminding me of a different dream I had too. And again, with the water with you, I have had a dream that made me suspect like, are past lives real? Because why did I just have that whole experience? Um it was very, uh, it was a sad dream, I have to say, but it was nothing to do with my life at all. And I was, I was another person. So thank you for asking me that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fascinating topic. You know, there's, there's just so many different themes that are very out there that, you know, we, we sometimes ponder, even if we might not hold that in our belief system with, with reincarnation or aliens, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm very open-minded. I'm a little bit of a woo-woo skeptic. Like I like to question things and, and often I can find a psychological reason for some phenomenon. Uh, I definitely, I usually say I teach like psycho spiritual magic, mm -hmm. uh, because I think there's a point where psychology and spirituality meet to create these magical phenomenons. But also I'm really interested in all of it and super open-minded about like maybe Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when I had a, a period of uh, where I channeled a lot in my 20s. I channeled a lot. And I literally don't know if I was talking to spirit guides or God or my higher self. And I think I'm OK not knowing. <laughs> I just I, I live. I live. I enjoy the mystery, I guess. Well, that's what it's all about. And I think we we spend so much time in our heads about trying to figure out the answers rather than being in our hearts, just being present with it and joyful and being yeah. playful with it. You know, everything has to have a meaning when really nothing has to have any meaning. It just is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, yep. what I, that's what I love. I think so, it was Joseph Campbell who said the only meaning anything has is the meaning we give it. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Something like that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so do you believe in soulmates? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I can look at you and your husband and be like, yeah, that's probably a thing. I, <laughs> I definitely believe in wound mates. Yeah. Uh, I believe. And oh, I, you, you have to write that book. That, that just feels like that would be such a fantastic title for a book. Wound mates. Right. Yes. And I think I think maybe they are a form of soulmate of a kind that maybe we have some sort of sacred contract going with these people to heal certain parts of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so um, I've had plenty of those experiences and I actually love the people that I've been in those relationships with, even though they're not in my life anymore. Uh, they feel like soulmates kind of to me. Yeah. Like. Like we were meant to have that experience together because it helped me grow. It helped me change. It helped me become the queen of my own life. <laughs> it helped yes. me have like a certain command over like my boundaries and things like that. So, uh, yeah, but I think what you two are experiencing, you often say, call yourself twin flames, right? Yeah, which is like a whole other conversation because people get very attached to the labels 
And I find that the more I talk about twin flames or soulmates, people start to project that onto, you know, the most unwilling person that probably doesn't want to show up for that position in their life. <laughs> for sure. Yes, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I just like to remind people, you know, love's love. It doesn't matter how it shows up, what it looks like, what label you want to put on it. As long as it's functioning and it doesn't hurt anybody, then, you know, go for your life. Yeah, I like to joke that I have a soulmate relationship with one of my four cats, like this guy. His name is Otis. I named him after Otis Redding. And he came into my life when he was like too young to be taken away from his mother. And I, I swear, the second I looked into this cat's eyes, I was like, we know each other. I don't know how we know each other. But I don't know, it was just this deep connection. And this this with a cat with the um and some people would say oh well he's your familiar i don't know again i guess i'm hesitant to use labels so yeah. i just i joke that he's my soulmate cat but i feel this connection with him that's very familiar unique. <laughs> it's familiar he's so familiar and it's unique to the other cats that i love i've had many cats in my life and i love them all but he's just got this other other worldly connection thing going on he's a magical kitty Yes. Yeah. And of course he's black. Hello, cliche. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so would you say that you have cats as your spirit animal or is there something else that shows up for you as a sign or a symbol? Mm. No, I don't know. Again, that's another label that I'm like, I don't want to take that on. I do have a special affinity for ravens and hummingbirds, which are, we have a lot of them where I live. So maybe that's why. Uh, I highly recommend Robert Moss's book, Sidewalk Oracles, because it's such a fun, playful book about working with synchronicity, mm. which I experience that as confirmation and validation and guidance, like confirmation and validation that you're on the right path. And hey, we're with you here. Isn't this fun? Let's play a little bit. Um, but so I think anything can be a guide. Mm. I love that too. And not looking for those signs, because I think, again, that builds up the resistance when people are looking for that. You know, they're looking at the clock at 1111 every day because it happens twice. <laughs> Yes, it happens twice a day, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, but I, I, it's interesting to kind of throw a question out into the universe and let it, let it answer you back how it will, because I think the universe has an amazing sense of humor. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it often makes me laugh, and it just gives me such a thrill to just be like, wow, <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, can I tell you a quick story? Absolutely. That's what we're here for. <laughs> okay, so I have I have a lot of goddessy friends, and I used to say I'm just not a very goddessy witch, and uh, <laughs> and just like they love the goddess and they talk about the goddess and they work with this goddess and that goddess, and finally it just kind of like piled up on me enough to where I was in my car one day driving, and I just kind of put you know, a sign out to the universe. I said, "Who wants to work with me? Is there like a goddess that I'm supposed to be working with?" and Seconds later, I pulled up on a giant water truck that had the words Athena in, spark, in sparkly, they were moving sparkly letters that spelled Athena. And then I passed it and drove along the side of it and it was even bigger, Athena. Wow. And then I turned the corner and I came face to face with, I think it was a retirement home maybe, and it said Athena on the side. And I was like, no way, this is too strange and funny. So I started researching Athena 
And right away, she hooked me in because I got very defensive over her, her mythology and the way she's portrayed. And then I was just in. I was like in with Athena. And I started working with that energy as a kind of guide. So I think the universe has such a good sense of humor. And I like to stay open to whatever messages it has. I love that. And I love Athena too. I've, I've heard that Wonder Woman was based on Athena. I could be oh, wrong. Oh, really? I hear, uh, I've heard that and I've heard Artemis, Diana. Um, ah. wow. But regardless, I, she's an Amazonian goddess of some kind. Well, very helpful probably. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we were talking about uh, this kind of matriarchal energy coming forward and Wonder Woman kicked butt at the box office and was a huge success. A woman directed that movie. It was a passion project. And now we have an awesome woman superhero uh, dominating the box office, which is awesome. Oh, it was so cool. I, I watched the movie with my daughter and my husband and I sat there crying in some parts because I'm like, oh, this is so good. You know? <laughs> you know, like, it's like this is much needed because it is that programming being a kid, growing up, seeing superhero movies that are all male-related and, and dominant. So, yep. Yeah. It, they really went there, too, with the messaging of being about love. Like, she was all about love, and I was like, wow, like, they really went there. They, it wasn't just, like, a male superhero mm. as a woman. It was actually, like, what would a female superhero actually be like? And And love was her guiding principle, and not that men aren't loving, but mm. she was she was coming from that place. And I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. And she was pregnant when she filmed that, too, which is incredible. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. She was about four months pregnant. Not that you can tell. I mean, but no, she, you, she you can't at all. <laughs> wow. I did not know that. I just learned something new. <laughs> OK, so let me know more about your latest program, which is called Queen. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think this ties into so many different things, but also manifesting. And I've been thinking a lot about image, self, our self-image of ourselves. And I think like manifesting your dream life, for example, which is everything, the money, the love, the home, the career, all of it, it's you're doing that already as a reflection of your own self-image. And our own self images are so complex that working with an archetype, which is also complex, is a great way to transform your entire reality um, or to at least begin that process. Whereas if you're just focused on your money or you're just focused on working with one power word like discernment, for example, mm -hmm. the queen the queen represents discernment, healthy boundaries, self-esteem, self-love, uh, you know, having a sense of command over every area of your life. I happen, it depends on how you see a queen. I happen to see a queen as being uh, an advocate for other women. A, a true queen, in my opinion, is she surrounds herself with other queens. So for me, it, it encompasses that as well. And this all came from, so manifesting, let me tie it back into that. Manifesting from that point is really, really potent and powerful because again, an archetype is multidimensional. It represents a lot of different things. So um, I had 2016, the year of the queen, just as a personal thing, like I pick a power word at the beginning of every year. And that was the first year I chose an archetype. 
and it completely revolutionized my life. I was so on fire about it. I wouldn't shut up about it all year long. I was like, queen this, queen that, queen, 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 queen. And I, when the end of the year came up and it was time to pick a new power word, I was so not done with it. Like I was like, I am just getting started. I'm not really, really ready to let queen go. So I chose a different power word that I thought, like, what kind of queen do I want to be? And I chose the word excellence. And then the word leadership kind of piggybacked on that. I don't know why. <laughs> I found it kind I found it kind of confrontational at the time, like leadership. Hmm. But what happened to me around spring, I guess, of this year is I just started getting these huge downloads, probably all the lessons that I learned in working for the queen. But I was just like saying them into my phone, writing them down on napkins and like, this is something this is something. I don't know what it is. It's a book. It's a podcast. It's a program. I don't know. And it just kept going and going and going. And I was like, okay, I think I have a program here. So I created Queen, a five-week audio journey. And we did one round of it in the summer just to like see how it goes with a handful of queens. And uh, there's 30 of us. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. I learned so much as other women went through the program because each woman is unique and each woman brings her own perspective to the process. Um, so I couldn't wait to do it again. I, so we're I read some of the testimonials on your page and they look amazing. Like these women have had some powerful transformative experiences through going through this. Yeah, I was so excited. I knew when it, you know, when something comes through you as opposed, and again, I think this is a feminine thing, something, it just bubbles up inside you or comes through you. It almost feels channeled. It has a different quality than I have an idea and I'm going to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And so I, I felt like I'm being guided to do this. And I felt really excited for whatever women decided to do it. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And so it was really easy to market and promote because I felt yeah. like, I felt like this is going to be life-changing for the right woman at the right time, and I totally know it. And because it felt like it kind of came through me and not from me, if that makes sense, I just had no no shame in my game. I was like, this is amazing. You guys are going to you're going to love it. And and then I was very pleased to see that that was the experience they had. Oh, that's so great. What I'll do is I'll link up directly to your website and to the program in the show notes of this episode. Oh, thank you. The The next one launches, we do it as a group. So it la it launches at the stroke of midnight on January 1st, 2018. So you'll say, yay, happy new year. And then oh, if you wow. feel, feel so inclined to check your email, the first installment will be there. So how exciting. What a great way to start the, the new year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've been telling people, if you want to have like 2018, the year of the queen, like this is a <laughs> This is an awesome way to launch into that. And then I also do, I offer a free three-day video series called You Are a Queen. And it just takes you through like a mini version of the process. So you can either get your feet wet to decide like, do I really want to commit to this? Or if it's just not in your budget right now, it'll still help you like kick off that process. So that's a great thing to sign up for too. And like I said, it's free. <laughs> Can't get better than that. <laughs> Free stuff, free stuff. Free stuff, but it's not free. It's got so much goodness, you know, like it, it will free the person that does it. 
Yeah, you know what's fascinating to me with all this uh, free, free everything is is we've all kind of gotten hip to the fact now that marketers, they they like lure us on to their newsletter list by giving us free stuff, right? And I think we all know this. So it's almost like an oversaturation of free stuff. And now people are having to use discernment in the free stuff they get. But importantly for creators too is like, you better make that worthwhile. Like somebody's letting you into their personal space, their personal inbox. Like what value are you going to bring to them? And I kind of love that energy exchange. And I love the tension or the pressure of making something really amazing that is worth somebody's time because time is precious. Time is just as valuable as money. Mm, that's such a beautiful perspective too. And, and I mean, that just shows that you're, a, you are a magical unicorn because a lot of people don't think like that. They just create, <laughs> <laughs> create things that kind of pollute the inbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you always have the power of unsubscribing. You do, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, but don't mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> yeah, I always say everything is a spiritual experience or uh, a spiritual path, a spiritual journey. And I feel that having your own business online is an accelerated program because <laughs> you you learn so much about your fears and your shadows and what works and what doesn't work. And yeah. I'll, I, <laughs> I really enjoy that. And well, for me, I don't know where whether you have experienced any criticism before. I can't imagine that you would have, but I have. And it's a a beautiful opportunity because you get to develop this thick skin and you get to examine some of the projections that other people have about their own limitations, mostly. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I'm really open to, I would say, constructive criticism. And I listen and I've definitely made changes based on what people have said. But I will say too, I think like attracts like. So 99.99% of the people that I attract are lovely. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. And and so when they are offering that, it always comes with a lot of love. You know what I mean? And then if if somebody's just like, burning hell, which I usually just have a laugh and then I delete them and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you got lost. (laughs) Isn't it funny? I've had that too. I actually have had burning hell, witch before. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That particular thing has never really bothered me. Another thing I get, um, I used to get this a lot on my YouTube channel, was like, show us your boobs. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, That's like, the other one. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? <laughs> Are you just running around the internet asking every woman you find attractive to take her top off? Or, or am I special? I need to know. <laughs> it's so funny because I look at sometimes the, the Google search terms when people are looking you up or looking your, your work up. And so often it's Sarah Prout's bra size. What? And then I was like, what is this? This is so strange. And then it turns out that there is somebody that used to be a Hooters model that shares the same name. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense because I was immediately going to go look at your Instagram to check out your boobs after this. But now, now I know not to do that. <laughs> wow. Was that, was that TMI? I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. It's fine. Probably me saying that was too much information. But if anyone's <laughs> looking for Sarah Prout, the Hooters calendar model, she's it's on not there somewhere. You know, her SEO isn't that good. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, you are the queen, I would say the queen of SEO, but the queen of like having a kick-ass business and manifestation. So I feel, I feel bad for that, Sarah Prout. You've buried her. 
I think that was her 15 minutes, though. I really do. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> Maybe she's ready to move on from the bra size inquiries, so she feels a sense of gratitude for this new Sarah Prout on the scene. I hope so. I hope so. And it makes me feel a lot bigger than I really am, which is fantastic. <laughs> no, no pun intended. No pun at all, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fun. See what happens when you're just open to guidance. I just don't know. You get to have these really crazy conversations. It's great. I would. I, I love crazy conversations or at least a little bit more deeper than normal surface layer conversations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why. I, oh, never mind. I won't go into the reasons why I avoid going and picking up my kids from school. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that, but that's okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've always found it really difficult to just talk about the weather or uh, the the way that some people converse with one another, which is perpetual complaining. Oh, yes. Yes. I have a Scorpio moon. I don't know if you put any stock in astrology, but I, do, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a Libra sun. So people are like, oh, fun, happy, light, silly. Yay. We like you. And then they get to know me better. And I'm like, let's talk about your childhood and uh, <laughs> let's dig into your past. What's in your shadows? And you know I, that's I, me, right? I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> oh, yes, right. So, oh, you you have such a sun, a sunny, sunshiny personality. So that, that I like to sit in a dark room with the curtains closed. You know. Mm -hmm. what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I'm that person at the party too. That's like somebody's gonna cry. You think you're just coming over to talk about the weather, and we're just gonna we're just gonna go there. It's people are so fascinating and so interesting. And to be I'm all joking aside, I find. Maybe I'm making this up in my head. I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing what I want to see. But I find that people feel a sense of relief when they're like, oh, we're going to get real now. I don't have to sit around talking about the weather or how great this punch is. Like yeah. somebody, somebody is seeing me. I think a very real human desire is to be seen. Mm. And, you know, being in Hollywood, I've been here for, I live in Glendale, which is a suburb like next door neighbors with Hollywood but I was in Hollywood for years and went to many Hollywood parties and people look right through you right past you or like you're like a piece of meat like what can I get from you <laughs> yeah and then just to have somebody who's actually like seeing you and is present to you and doesn't have an agenda I, it really lends itself to those conversations and also it's just I love that. I leave a party when I've had a conversation like that feeling high on life. And it's really, I think, just being recognized and seen. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love that as well. You know, just those tiny micro conversations that you might even have in the supermarket with somebody that's that kind of deeper level, that deeper layer, just kind of sparks that connection that we all have with one another. Yes. I love that. Rather than keeping people at arm's length <laughs> with fear-based mm -hmm. conversations. Yes. And FYI, hot tip. Elderly people are so awesome for this. For one, our society doesn't honor them, so they've grown kind of invisible. So they typically, not always, everybody's unique, but they typically appreciate the attention when you like take the time to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a two-way street because they have a wealth of wisdom and knowledge and, and to offer, and they can be so humorous and so sassy. And uh, I just have a thing about old people, but I love to talk to them because... I feel like there are some of them that are just like out cruising the grocery store because 
they're just trying to make a connection because they're so eager to talk sometimes. And I mean, like super ancient elderly people. And they're so fascinating. They're so fascinating to me because the women grew up in an era where you did like the full do and makeup and matching jewelry and everything. And so they're like hurting, they're limping around, but there they are with like their nails painted and a full face of makeup. And I just think like, <laughs> wow, I could take a tip from you. <laughs> That's so incredible. I, I love that. And I, I do love talking to old people as well because they're, they're from a generation where they don't have a screen in front of their faces. You know, mm-hmm. they, they can, they know what it's like to be present and, and a lot of them know what it's like in order to deal with scarcity mindset as well, because they came out probably from the depression. Yep. You know, they, they know how to make a dollar stretch. <laughs> yes, they do. There's yes. Wisdom there. So if you're listening to this episode today, make it your homework to go and chat with an elderly person. I agree. And if you get one that's like really feisty and, and, <laughs> and, mean, to, and mean to you, just bless them and move on. <laughs> no, look at it as a, as a project. I, Sean and I, my husband, we like to go out and see how much we can light people up. You know, those things that really animate somebody, get them talking about themselves. You know, whether it's somebody that's serving you in a restaurant or someone that you're sitting next to in a, you know, cafe or whatever. I just love talking to strangers. Probably mm-hmm. shouldn't teach my kids that though. <laughs> Yes. I think that's being a true witness. I think we're like witnesses for our friends. That's why we show up to each other's birthday parties and and weddings and funerals and all of that. We're witnessing each other's lives and holding space. But there's a way that you can be a walking witness. Mm. And it's love. It's love. Um, I feel like I always get this mixed up. I think it's Toni Morrison, but it might be Maya Angelou, one of Oprah's, you know, mentors, Mm she had on her show once and she said uh of your children when your children enter the room do your eyes light up Hmm. and I thought I think about that a lot I should know how to properly attribute it (laughs) to the right (laughs) to the right person but I think about it so much and I think like wow well it goes beyond your children it goes to your mate it goes to your dad it goes to your grandma and it goes to the stranger in line at the grocery store yeah. Not that your eyes have to light up at the person in front of you, but like, are you, are you seeing them? Are you present there? Or are you on your phone? You know, like so many people, if you look at the checkout in the supermarket, they're on their phone while the person's putting their groceries in the bag. They're not talking to them. They're not engaging. Yes. And it's, it's just another form of disconnecting when we've got this beautiful capacity to, to connect and to expand and to, I don't know, light somebody else up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it has been such a pleasure to have this conversation with you today, Joanna. And I want to take this moment to honor you for how you show up in the world and the work that you do to help other people to create inspired and magical lives. Thank you. Thank you so much. And right back at you. (laughs) And that's it for today's episode. I will link all of the resources in the show notes and Hopefully you enjoyed it and you can share it with your friends and family. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Much love. That was such a really fun conversation with Joanna. She's such a vibrant and beautiful person. And I just love the way that she shows up in the world to do this powerful work. 
If you want to take your own manifesting journey to the next level, make sure you check out the Manifesting Academy, where you can learn about everything to do with the law of attraction and spirituality. You'll also get exclusive access to our Soul Tribe community, as well as an entire library of lessons to help support you to understand how to play with the energy of the universe. For more information, go to manifestingacademy.com. And as always, it's been an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you feel inspired to, please leave me a review. This way we can get the message and the inspiration out there to as many people as possible. But until next time, please enjoy your journey to manifesting.